Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. You can be seated. Sweet Jesus, there's people getting rocked up at the front. I am all kind of jealous. Hey, like Pastor Tracy said, we're glad that you came this morning. We're a young church. We have a lot of young people in this church, and everybody leaves town. And we have so many people went off to visit families. I thought we'd have service in my office today. But you came. I knew that you would come. <laughs> and you came. My heart was open. Anyways, I don't know the words of that song, but it sure sounded good. But welcome. Merry Christmas. That was my audition for the worship team, by the way. And uh, since I don't know the words, I probably won't make it. They'll call me. Got it. But hey, Merry Christmas. You have a good Christmas plan? You guys ready to do something fun for Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Amen. 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 I am excited. Welcome. 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 We're going to open the Bible today and we're going to talk about Jesus just to kind of give a spoiler. This is what we're going to do on our Christmas service. If you got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter one. Is Nick still in here? Nick came and drummed for us this morning, wherever he's at. Give it up for Nick, if you would. Hey, he's right there. And he's taking somebody's guitar. I'll go ahead and take this, I think. This will be good payment. He's like, ah, they're laughing. I'm going anyways. Hallelujah. Good job, Nick. Appreciate you coming, man. Pray God blesses you. All right, so we're going to start in Matthew. Ah, chapter 1. I am overwhelmed with the presence of God this morning. I am so happy that he's here with us. Aren't you? You know, we can take it for granted that God shows up. You know what I mean? We can take it for granted, and it's such a big deal. We're just thankful. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Let's read the Bible. Oh, let me tell you something else funny real quick. Uh, we, we have so many families. Tra- I probably shouldn't say this from the pulpit, but it never stopped me before. <clears throat> <laughs> we have a little joke around here in Revival Life, a little inside joke. It's a little jokey joke, right? <clears throat> you know, that we don't need the, 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 the cloud of glory anymore because we have fog machines, right, like churches. And so it's a, little, it's a little jokey joke. But people are traveling this morning, and I'm getting pictures of other church services while they're traveling with fog machines, which is uh, pretty funny. Which is pretty funny. I don't have anything against fog machines. I just think it's... They said, is this the church you warned us about? Which I thought was a little jokey joke. <laughs> if we were bigger, we'd have them. If we had a bigger room, I'd use them. I'd use them all day long. I'd come out of the cloud like... <sighs> <laughs> retreat back into it. Come back out. <laughs> It'd look weird in here. It'd probably look weird in a big room too. But I'd do it. I would absolutely do it. <laughs> Lights going around. You don't know what to do. All right. Hey, so let's read the Bible. How about that? That's a good way to start. Ha. Ha. All right. Here we go. Wow. Feels good in here. Let me announce this while I'm trying to get myself collected. Uh, First weekend in February. Say first weekend in February. We are having a Holy Ghost conference that weekend. Dan Slade is going to join us. Mark your calendar. No, that's good. That's really worth. If you like the presence of God, that's worth clapping for. (coughs) Dan leads our, uh, the network we're a part of. He's crazy anointed and it's going to be a good time. So I think that's the, what is it? The first, second, third, or I think that's what it is. Somebody said Tuesday. We're talking about February. Uh, First weekend of February, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Amen. Uh, 
block that off. Don't go nowhere. Be here. Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18, says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary, wow, had been, wow, had been betrothed to, I got to stay away from him. He's getting rocked. I have to stand over here. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Ah. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Let me, let me do a little pause here. <clears throat> men, many, 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 we talk about this a lot. Um, when the anointing touches you and you get problems in your marriage, what, how do you react? How do you react? We see that Joseph position himself for this miracle by reacting with grace. I need you to see this, man. We have a, um, we get kind of an Old Testament priesthood concept that we got to bark people into alignment with God's will, not recognizing that often our wife is the one barking us into alignment with God's will through our personality. That's a good word, Pastor. Uh, even if it comes from a flawed vessel, right, man? No. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> So if, if Joseph was like many of the revival preachers that I've heard or evangelists that I've heard who would rebuke his rebellious wife, Joseph, it says here, being a righteous man. Now, we would think in the old covenant, a righteous man would have had his wife stoned for coming up pregnant. But what, look what the Bible said about him. Being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, plan to send her away secretly. That's not even my message. I just think that's a good word right there. How do we react under pressure in the anointing? Do we act with grace? Or do we, or do we fall back into the old covenant and react with judgment? That's a good word, Pastor. That's a good word right there. That's a free one right there. You can just take that home and try to walk that one. I'll try to walk that one out. Honey, don't hold me accountable. But I'm going to try to walk that one out. What about that word? That was for something else. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and I thought that was a good word, man. Don't you, was it? Okay, good. I, I felt like it was a good, better word than I got reaction to. I thought at least the wives would be happy with that word. They're just staring at me like the fellas. What are you talking about? All right, yell at her. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what to say here. I thought that was a funny joke, too. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, whoa, to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which just translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Father, we just pray that you would bless the reading of your word today, that you would bless our, our fellowship today. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless us with your presence. Huh. And Lord, we pray um, we just pray that you would draw us near to you today, that you would come close 
and that we will respond to your nearness, that you would send your fire upon our hearts today, that you would burn away everything that blocks us from you, everything that keeps us from intimate, intimate, intimate fellowship with you. Lord Jesus, I just pray in this room your angels would continue to minister. They would minister healing, salvation, and freedom, Lord, that your freedom and joy would come and that you would open the windows of heaven in our lives today, Lord, that your ministering spirits, your angels would come and open, open the floodgates of heaven. Mm. I pray that revelation will come and that confusion will fall by the wayside. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. I, um, <clears throat> I like this story uh, mostly because I like God. It's a good story. Because it's about Jesus. And there's only good stories about Jesus. Amen? I, I like this story, but we can, unfortunately, we become very familiar with this story. We can become so familiar with the story that it loses its power. We can become so familiar and we can contextualize it into our modern day setting that we can lose the power of what this story is. Now, the fact that God was able to impregnate a virgin in our realm seems crazy, right? Just the fact that he could impregnate a virgin girl or that he would even choose to come this way sounds super miraculous. He made something out of nothing and that sounds like paradigm shifting. But if you think about the fact that God spoke the entire world into existence, just not that complicated for him to put a baby inside a girl. Amen? I mean, it, I mean like she already had the parts. Right? It's not like he put a child inside of a goat. Right? Like it's, he, you know, he put a baby in a womb. That's what wombs are for, actually. Right? So, so like, like the fact that, you know, there was nothing at one point. Right? There was nothing. And then God spoke, and eventually it became like kids sitting in front of computers playing Fortnite. Right? Like that's, like that's where it went. Right? Like at a, there was nothing. There was nothing. And then there became self-driving cars at some point, right? Like there's, like God just spoke and all of this happened, right? God spoke and then all of a sudden there are people who have bodies that heal themselves of cuts, right? Like there's just like societies came forth. Like this is what God does. The fact that he did a miracle, that's kind of who he is. Like there's nothing God could do that's not a miracle. Everything he does is a miracle, right? Like, there's nothing he does that isn't miraculous. There's nothing he does that is not supernaturally amazing. There's nothing he does. Now, there's so many moves of God out there that have just brought him down to feelings or uh, thoughts or a nudge. But God is a God of feelings because the feelings come after he does something just beyond our imagination. That's who God is. God, everything God does is supernatural, amazing, greater than we ever could have expected, right? And as we talked about, every miracle, amen, 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 amen. And every miracle he does in our life has a message behind it that we're called to carry, amen? It's not just a little thing that he does, not just a nudge here and nudge there. It's a, every miracle he does is, a, is, a, is an invitation to a supernatural world. Everything he does, and he continues to do it today. So the fact that he got a girl pregnant is, is you know, put his, himself inside of a girl so that himself could be born and point people to the other part of himself. Like that's kind of that, that it, the whole trinity in, in a person but outside of a person, that's the kind of part that blows my mind a little bit, right? Yeah. 
And like we like to say around here, if you think you understand the Trinity, just grow a little bit and then you'll understand that we can't understand the Trinity. Amen? You come to a place of maturity that you realize, I don't really understand the Trinity. I don't get it because it's outside of me, right? It's outside of nature. It's outside of man's created order. It's in God's realm. And that's why it's not easily understood. That's why it is a humbling thing to come into contact with the Trinity. We can't understand it. Amen? They say, it's like, you know, this, well, it's actually, it isn't like anything. It's God. God is not like something else. Other things can be like a part of God's nature, but God is like nothing. Amen. Amen. He is beyond. He is something else. He is set apart from everything we know and we understand. And the Bible actually calls this, has a word for this, and it's called holy. God is holy. My message, the title of my message today is God with us. And I'm going to talk about how crazy it is that God is with us. Amen? So as we talk about God, we talk about that God is, again, holy. God is holy. Amen? Are you with me? I like to say it. I like to say it a lot because... It, it, there's something that, that, that there's a weight that God's holiness carries. Just talking about the holiness of God carries some sort of weight to it, some significance. You just say, you are holy, God. And then you begin to understand why the angels are singing that for perpetuity in heaven, right? You understand why the, why the elders bowed down and threw their crowns down and cried out, holy are you, God. And the four living creatures are saying, holy are you, God. And the host of heaven looks at God and says, holy are you, God. And, and holy, in fact, means to be morally perfect. And when you think about the fact that God is morally perfect, that is as bewildering as the Trinity itself. The fact that God is morally perfect in an age and in a day with moral gray areas, that even theology is being contested and even what we consider to be sanctification is being contested and what it takes to be a Christian is being contested. The fact that God is morally perfect and Jesus walked the earth as one who was morally perfect boggles the imagination. But it's also encouraging to me and, and in, in order to really understand how supernatural this morally perfect Man, son of man, son of God, how supernatural it was that he walked the earth. I'm going to have to kind of take a step back. We're going to have to go back in time a little bit to get a running start to see the significance of this story that we kind of take for granted far too often, that we get a little too familiar with. And so we're going to kind of, kind of go back a little bit in time and, and, and talk a little bit about this holiness. Now, God, God's in the, in, in the day... God's holy presence, to get in God's holy presence would bring death, right? To bring, to come into God's holy presence with sin, without being morally perfect, brought death. You remember, God told Adam and Eve, he said, listen, you could do whatever you want. We'll walk together, we'll live together. But if you sin, you'll surely die. And he only had one sin, and that sin was eating of the tree. If you didn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we're going to be good. And so he gives them a choice. God says, I want you to choose me. I've given you a choice, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life. Listen, choose life that it might go well with you. Choose life. But Adam and Eve, they, they, they fell, of course, and they, they sinned. And once they sinned, they could no longer be in God's presence. Because if you're in God's holy presence with sin, 
with moral failings, you would die. That's how it worked. And so God, being all-knowing, knew that people were making mistakes, but he still wanted people to come into his presence. And so the solution to this moral failing, God set up a system of becoming morally pure. Now, they couldn't become morally perfect, but they could become pure. And so God set up a system uh, of, of helping people become morally pure. And, and the Bible talks about this, about the rituals he told them to walk in. He told them how to become ritually pure. You see, there was this, there was this temple system. And in the temple, there was an outer court. Of course, you know, there was walls around the city. Then there was walls around the temple. And then if you would come in, there would be the outer court, the inner court, and of the holy of holies. Now, that was the one place on the planet that the holiness of God dwelt. The perfectly holy one dwelt in this one little area, and you couldn't go that often, and you had to be ritually pure to enter into that place. Now, this ritual purity had many, many, many rules to it, and you had to separate yourself from anything having to do with death. If you were around a dead body, you became ritually unpure. If you had touched skin diseases or uh, if you had even certain bodily fluids, if there was a dead carcass, any of these things, you became ritually unpure. And so there was a set of laws laid out on how to become ritually pure. He told them, you have to separate yourself from anything pertaining to death. The skin diseases, like I said, the certain fluids. He said, becoming ritually impure, it was not sinful. You just couldn't come into God's presence unless you had performed the rituals to become pure again. You couldn't come into God's presence in a ritually impure state. Now, God set all this up, of course, because he wanted to have relationship with people. And he had to give them a way to get back into his presence. And so, while they were under this, this, this state of being ritually impure, they were unsuited for holy activities. Are you hearing me? Are we, are, we, are we tracking together? And so he gave specific instructions. He said certain things, you had to do certain washes, or you had to go outside the town, or you had to wait certain amounts of time. He said, you know, these are the rituals to become pure. And there's a whole book of the Bible dedicated to this on how to become ritually pure, and it's the book of Leviticus. And Leviticus tells them, hey, and this is really important. You've got to understand this to understand what Christ did for us. You could not come to God unless you did these things to become ritually pure. That's what the book of Leviticus taught. Now, 600 years later, a prophet came on the scene named Isaiah. And Isaiah came and, 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 and he had this encounter with an angel. Now, this is crazy because the angel showed up and Isaiah became terrified because Isaiah was not pure. He was not morally perfect. He was not ritually pure. And the presence of God that came with this angel terrified him because he knew that if you're in the presence of God and you are not pure, you would die. But the angel comes. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a seraphim, the Bible says. And the seraphim he saw took this, this coal from the altar And he brought the coal to Isaiah and he touched his lips. And he said, in Isaiah chapter 6, he says, Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. 
Now, this made no sense to Isaiah because this goes against all the laws that have been brought down from Moses. No, no, no. I, I, I have to become pure and then go into the presence of God. However, the seraphim just flipped the script and brought the holy ember, touched Isaiah, and he said that your sin is atoned for. Now, under the Levitical system, if I am impure and I touch something pure, the pure thing becomes unpure. That's the system. If the body is dead, it is impure. If I touch it, now I'm impure. But something crazy happened with the seraphim. The holy ember touched his lips and the purity from the ember on the altar transferred to Isaiah. This completely was different than anything he had heard of. And in fact, it takes an angel from heaven to bring this kind of a message that goes against all the teaching. And as his message matured, Isaiah spoke this in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, just like Isaiah received a sign. A virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with you, God with us. Now, remember, under this system, we go to God. God doesn't, he isn't with us. We try to be with him. And then about 100 years later, a little less than 100 years later, this, this prophet named Ezekiel comes to town. And Ezekiel has another vision. Now, remember, in the temple, the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies, and in the Holy of Holies is where God, where heaven touches earth, right? Where's the holy presence of God. And, and Ezekiel has this vision, and he has this vision. Instead of people going into the temple to touch God's purity, he has this vision, and in the vision, this river comes from the Holy of Holies and goes out. And this river comes out, and instead of people dying when they touch God's holiness, all of a sudden, it says here in Ezekiel 47, 9, it says, everywhere the river goes, there will be life. Hallelujah. 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 Completely changes things. God's holiness comes from the temple to, and everywhere it goes, it brings life. Amen. Which again, it goes against the covenant they were in and the system that they were raised in. Later, the prophet Zechariah shows up and he has this prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble, and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, this doesn't make sense that God is coming to me. Now, they had a concept of a Messiah coming, but the Messiah was going to be Elijah, or the, 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 the Messiah was going to be a prophet, not, not God himself. It can't be God's coming to us. If God came to us, we would all die. But yet, here's the prophecy. Behold, your king is coming to you. Malachi continues this theme in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi, the last prophet in the Old Covenant, brings forth the word. He says, Behold, I'm going to send my messenger, and he'll clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to you. He'll come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming. 
Again, they, 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 they didn't have a grid for this, didn't have, have a way to understand it. He said he's coming to his temple. Well, what could that mean? And so then the Lord shut the heavens for 400 years. And there was no word. There was no prophecy. There was no miracles. There was, there was, there was no heaven touching earth. It was just waiting. And we've talked about the faithfulness of the priests and the faithfulness of the Levites and the faithful to set up the rabbinical system and the faithfulness of the believers in that time, the old covenant saints, and just waiting, waiting on the Lord. 400 years they waited on the Lord. Next thing we, we find out, this, this, this angel shows up. We talked about this last week. This angel shows up and he starts talking. And he says, then he talks to uh, Zechariah. He says, it is he, speaking of Zechariah's son, who will go as a forerunner before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. He said, no, I'm not sending Elijah himself. I'm sending a messenger in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he speaks this, quoting Malachi, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. Now, in the Old Covenant, you've got to see the significance of this. You, got to, you have to see the significance of this. In the Old Covenant, when you had a rebellious child, they had a, they had a solution for it. It was, it was in the law. And it's really, it's a foolproof method for rebellious children. It, it worked 100% of the time to stop the rebellion. You took them outside the town and you threw rocks at them until they die, right? Like that was the solution. You murdered them. You rocked them to death, right? Like you, I'm going to rock your world. See, that meant something then. <laughs> That's a good one. Some parents are like, we could bring that back, you know. It's in the word. But your dad would rock your world then, and then the, and the foolishness would cease. Like, you got a belt on the wall now, he's got a rock on the windowsill, right? Like, okay, that's what I thought. Turn off the Netflix, all right. Right? <laughs> that's what I thought. But this prophetic word, like things are changing, right? Like it says, man, things are, things are changing now. Things are, things are going to be different. And instead of telling people, listen, God is coming, but you can't go to God until you do these things. Now, now this is crazy. He, he tells us that God is coming to us. God is coming to us. And, and this, this upsets angry people all the time, that God would be so gracious to people that angry people don't think deserve God, right? That, that like, <laughs> like the self-righteous say, I deserve God because I fulfilled the requirements that I find are important. But these people happen, they don't deserve God. God's going to come and kill them. Me, he's going to come and bless, right? Uh, and, and so this really angers people. However, we find out that he actually wants to show up on the scene. And I need you to see that this is the real miracle. This is the real miracle of this season. The real miracle of this season is there was a time that to go to God, you had to be ritually perfect. You had to be of the right lineage, of the perfect household, in the perfect timing, doing the perfect rituals to do the perfect thing so that you could go into God's presence even for a moment. The real miracle is not, not I mean, it is a miracle that Mary got pregnant, but to me, the real miracle is that God has come to us. 
Amen. 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 God has come to us. Now, he's God, right? Have, have I talked to you that I studied this word? I studied the word God, right? I studied it. I looked at the Hebrew words for it. I looked at the, the Greek. I looked at the English. Go to the dictionary. And, and everywhere I studied God, it, it means literally that he's God, right? Like he's God, right? That's what the word means. He is God. And when you're God, here's a neat, here's a neat benefit of being God. Are you ready? Here's like one you may not have thought of. Like when you're God, unlike you guys, unlike us, there's, God can do things we can't do. Like, like when we're born, like, I don't know, like our, our parents name us, right? Like we had nothing to do with that. When you're God, you name yourself, right? You get to come up with your own name. Imagine you came up with your own name. That would be pretty cool, right? I don't know if you saw this, this university and I believe it was in, uh, I don't remember the state, I don't want to misquote it, but you know, there's, they're, they're, they're kind of getting sensitive about people's uh, gender preference or identity. Have you, have you heard of this? And some, he's want to be called to her and her. And so they, they wanted to be so sensitive, they, they had a form on the website, tell us how you want to be referred to. Right? And so people are like, oh, I really want to be called they or whatever. And so students were like, <laughs> students were like, I'd like to be called professor. <laughs> My preferred term is your highness, right? Like, I got this. We could do this all day, right? <laughs> I prefer to be referred to as your highness, please. <laughs> professor, you can't call me by my first name. I prefer to be called professor myself. <laughs> this could go on forever, right? Now, we all call that silly, but God, he was born getting to call himself whatever he wanted to call himself, right? You right? Do you understand this? He gets to call himself. Now, I don't know. What would you call yourself if you were God, right? Like, I would come up with something cool, right? Like, Cloudy McCloudface, right? Like, something cool, right? <laughs> something cool, right? But God, in getting to, to name himself, this is so, this is amazing. And, he, and, he, and, he, and he, every time he uses it, he interprets it. He chose to call himself Emmanuel, God with us. Now, here's the significance of this name. He could call himself whatever he wants, and he chose to have us a part of his name. Come on, that's good. He calls himself God with us. It shows that things were changing in this new covenant. Amen? Look, look at this. Look, look at this in, in Matthew. <clears throat> in Matthew, he says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, remember, we, we had to go through all these rituals before, before we could come to God. We had to do all these ceremonially pure things and and, and, and Jesus, I want you to see this. Jesus no longer requires us to do these rituals. He actually completely flipped the switch. Jesus, instead of telling us, he actually comes to us. And all these visions that Malachi had and Ezekiel had and Zechariah had and, and, and Isaiah had, even the prophecies of Moses, even the prophecies in the garden of the Father himself, Jesus fulfills all these ancient 
prophecies. He fulfills every single one of them. Well, I want you to see this. And if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this today. Jesus has come to make you holy. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8. There was someone who was ritually unclean. No one could touch them. And he says to Jesus, if you're willing, would you heal me? Hoping just for a word. But Jesus stretched out his hand, Matthew 8, 3, and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now you remember, that under the old covenant would have made Jesus unholy. Touching someone with a skin ailment. But now, in this new covenant, the leper became clean. I need you to see this this morning. Jesus is the burning coal from the altar. He is the burning coal that has come to cleanse us of our sins. Hallelujah. 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 When Jesus touches your impure body, the word says, do not call what I say is pure, unpure. Don't say what I call holy, unholy. When you get touched by that burning coal, the burning man, Jesus Christ, you go from death to life. You go from unholy to holy. You go from unclean to clean. And it is that sudden. It is that sudden. The word that the angel spoke over Isaiah, he speaks over you as well. He says that your sin is atoned. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned. That's what happens when Jesus touches you. He is the burning coal from the altar. We don't need the angel to bring us a new one because it is the man Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And let me tell you what, he is still touching people today. He is still touching people today. He's still doing his miracles of healing. He's doing his miracles of, of internal healing, but he's doing his greatest healing of taking away your sin amen. and enabling you to come into the presence of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. That's a good word. I'm happy right now. Come on. Corey, I'm getting happy with this word right here. I'm getting happy right now. Hallelujah. Man, I'm feeling good. Jesus, mm, mm. touch somebody. Tell them, this is good right here. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, hey, hey. Shakaba. Woo. Corey, I'm feeling good right now. Mm, mm. Shaba. We used, to, uh, we used to try to put on a nice little Christmas service and all that stuff, and people would come back the next week and be like, that's not who you are. What happened? What happened to the nice, clean service with nobody being loud? We're like, oh, sorry, we faked you out. You know? So we just said, we're just going to be us. Amen? If you're looking for the anointing, you came to the right church, right? We don't know how to put on a light show, so we're just, we have to settle for God, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish we could put on a light show. We just can't. So watch this. I want you to see this. I'm going to finish with this. <clears throat> you have to understand this New Testament priesthood. You have to understand, like, we're not trying to, we're not trying to reignite 
the temple of David with a little Christian flair to it and just switch the person on the throne. Like, like we're in a new deal now, right? We're like, like the temple of David was great when you're under that covenant. But what we have is better. It is better. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Uh, I believe in holiness. I believe in sanctification. I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe you cannot do it through works, though. It can only come through encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all that can take away your sin. You can't hold your breath long enough. You can't hold from eating long enough. You can't stand on one foot long enough. You can't wear nice enough clothes. It only comes from the fire on the altar touching your life. Are you hearing me? You have to encounter Jesus Christ. You have to come into an encounter with Jesus Christ. You have to come into an encounter with Jesus Christ. And before, there was this temple, like I said, and there was one little spot with the holiness, and people would come and, and bring their offerings, right? Like they were in sin, and they brought their offering to the priest. The priest would then slaughter the offering before the Lord so their sins could be forgiven. That is the old covenant. We're called to nothing like that. We, as new covenant priests are called to get, it's the exact opposite. We get the sacrifice on the altar, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we, the priests, we take the sacrifice to the sinner. And we tell them that there is an offering for your sin. There is a way into the most holy place. Your sins have been atoned for. You are made one with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved today. This is the prophecy of Ezekiel. This is, look at this, look at this. God now, here, here's the third thing I want you to see. God invites you to join him in touching the world. This is, look at Jesus said, it. he said, he who believes in me, John 7, 38, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, you remember, you remember the prophecy that the Lord is coming to his temple. Remember the prophecy we read, the Lord is coming to his temple. Here's how we flip the script. Now, instead of our unholy, unworthy, unsanctified selves doing all these rituals and offering a sacrifice to go before the presence of the Lord, the Lord Jesus instead comes, brings the coal, makes us pure, moves in, turns us into the temple. And instead of people coming to us to worship us, to bring us an offering, now we bring the offering as the temple. We bring the offering to the people. And what does that mean? Out of our encounter with Jesus, out of that encounter, out of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, out of our understanding of salvation, out of that, like it, something comes out of us, like it emanates, it, it, it percolates up and emanates, and it, it's like a river. It's like a river of living water that comes and everywhere we bring that living water shall bring life to people who will believe on the word that we bring. Come on, out of our innermost being shall come rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Now, now Jesus was the embodiment of God's holiness. And his followers, ha, huh, his followers, the temple are going into the world. And I want to invite you today to get a part of this amazing, amazing opportunity that God has set before you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so excited. There is no reason to leave here today without getting saved. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you're saved, ain't no reason to leave here without getting on fire for God and allowing the presence of Jesus to touch your life. Get a jump start on that, 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 that transformation. We're starting our 40 days of revival on the 7th of January. It's going to be a Monday. 
Huh. And we're going to see fire fall in this place. Amen? We're going to see the fire fall, consuming the sacrifices. Hallelujah. 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 <clears throat> Father, you're so very good to us today. We thank you for coming to us. Thank you for coming to us, Lord. God with us. You are God with us. So thankful. So thankful. So thankful. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would make that reality. The reality of the presence and power of God. So real to us today. That you would bring it in everything, every implication of that fact that we're now one with you that we're ah, that our sins have been atoned that our guilt has been removed that our shame has been washed away that we have access to the most holy one and that we have a message for the world we get to invite them into the same freedom Now, I never do this, but I want to, I would like to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. When I say never, I don't, I haven't done it in a while. But I felt this morning very, very confidently that the Lord would have me do this. And so I'm not going to ask anybody to get up or to go anywhere. Stand with me if you would. With every head, every head bowed, every eye closed. I just I want to give an opportunity for people this morning to pray. And I don't want anybody looking around. Corey, I want you to play with your eyes closed. Tech team, I want you to close your eyes. Ushers, no one looking around. I don't even want a prayer team to come forward yet. This is between you and the Lord and me, his messenger. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. The anointing is here today to bring you into fellowship with God. The Holy Spirit of God is here and he's going to transform lives today. <clears throat> as I've already seen him do. If you're away from God, I want to pray for you today. Now, if you've never received him as Savior, today is the day to do it. It's a free gift. But if you're away from God, maybe, maybe, maybe you've grown cold in the things of God. Yeah, maybe you've grown cold. Maybe, maybe, I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about relationship. Maybe you don't hear his voice like you used to. Maybe you're not even seeking it anymore. Maybe that, that somehow just hasn't even become important anymore. Maybe you've learned to live life without hearing God, and that never was a part of your life. The Lord is calling you back this morning. He's opening a door this morning to, to, for, for, for that fellowship to be open. Whoa. Shekah. But maybe you're stuck in sin. Maybe you've given yourself to sin, and you don't even mind that your life is in sin. He's, he's asking you this morning to turn to Him again and let Him take away your sin in fulfillment of the prophecy. John the Baptist, that he would take away your sin. But maybe you've never given him yourself. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. And God brought you here today, this morning. Today's the day that you surrender your life. Now, nobody looking around. I want every eye closed. Don't even get curious and wonder if anybody's responding. This is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. I feel the reverence of the Lord in this room. But if that's you, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not saying the Holy Ghost won't tell you to come forward. 
but I'm not going to call you forward. But if that's you, I want you to put your hand up and down. I want to know who I'm praying for. Who is that? Yep, I see you. You can put it down. Yes, yes, yes. All over the room, left, right, in the back. I see you in the back. Yep, I see you in the back. You can put your hands down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is near you right now. I just, I felt that so very clear when you put your arms up. The Lord is near you right now. The Lord is near you right now. And you just ask him, come and save me. Just do that right now in your own words. We're going to say a prayer together, but in your own words. Jesus, come and save me from what I've created. Jesus, come and save me from the life that I've made. From the things that I've made more important than you. Save me today, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to say a prayer together. As I do, I want the prayer team come on forward. We're going to say a prayer together. We're all going to say it. May have been saved for 40 years or been saved since, I just, since you just said that prayer. We're all going to say it together. And we're just going to ask Jesus to forgive us and come and be God. Amen? Are you excited? You can look up now. Hallelujah. Wow. God's about to do something very, very, very exciting in our presence. Let's all say this together. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus. I did things that were wrong. I knew they were wrong. And I did them anyways. I'm asking you to forgive me. I believe that you were born from a virgin. I believe that you never sinned. I believe that you were nailed to a cross for me. And I believe that you died for me. I believe that they buried you in a grave. And I believe that you came back from the dead for me. I believe that you're in heaven right now praying for me. <laughs> and I believe one day you're coming back for me. And so I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, save me. Wash me from my sins. Give me a new life. Let me hear your voice. Let me see your face. Let me live life with you. And I'll serve you forever. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me power to be a witness and I'll live for you. Today I declare that I'm saved. I'm a follower of Jesus and I will not turn back. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, lift a shout. Lift a shout. Hallelujah. Lift a shout. 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 Listen, if you prayed that prayer today for the first time in a, in a little while, uh, our prayer team is up here at the front, and they would really like to pray with you, and, and we'd like to get you some free stuff, right? We're not going to make you do it, but come forward. They fill out a connection card. They're going to get you some free stuff, kind of help you in your walk with God, kind of get you connected to a church maybe. Uh, but if you have sickness in your body, if you need breakthrough, if any of the prophetic words that came forth today you thought were for you, come get somebody to pray for you. We love you. We love you. I pray that you would have an amazing Christmas and that you would be a blessing to your family and you'll let them know what Jesus has done in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. One more clap offering for the Lord, if you would. Come forward now to receive prayer. I'm going to be in the lobby with my wife. If you're a guest today, I would love to meet you. We bless you. Amen.